Friends, in today's episode of The Hero Lies in You, I'm delighted to welcome Mafi Lutzen, the itinerant traveler and photographer, as I know her. Mafi has seen more countries than many of us would even dream of. Now, without any further ado, I hand over the mic to her to share with us her life's journey through at least some of the paths she has traversed. Uh, Mafi, please introduce yourself briefly to our audience and tell us something about your childhood, family, friends. When and where were you born and brought up? Any memories of those days that are still fresh in your mind? Just be yourself. This is just an informal conversation, but it is going to inspire many of us. It has already inspired me, whatever I know of you. That's so nice. Thank you, Shoba. Um, well, I was born in Denver, Colorado in the U.S. and only lived there about 10 months because my father was in the service um, there. He was stationed there in a hospital and um, during World War II and the world, the war ended and so he went back to upstate New York in the US. So I grew up in upstate New York and I had a wonderful childhood. Um, I have one sister and we grew up um, loving just nature and all kinds of activities because my father was in the field of recreation. And it was very important to him that he lived what he preached. And he passed that on to me. I became a recreation therapist. I got my master's degree in therapeutic recreation. And um, I worked in a big hospital, Mass General Hospital in Boston. I've lived in Boston for probably, oh, almost 60 years, I think. Mm -hmm. And I always loved to do the kinds of things my parents did. I was brought up in a home that was Jewish, and we followed the traditions. And that was important to me. And my parents traveled a lot um, whenever they could. They were very busy working because they had to send their two daughters through college and didn't want to take loans. So um, they worked very hard. And their travels inspired me to want to travel. Um, when I was older, after I had been working, I went on a few trips with them actually, and it was wonderful. And I started learning that everybody in the world doesn't think like the people around me in my hometown. It was eye-opening. Sometimes it was good, sometimes it wasn't as good. Um, I don't think I experienced a lot of bias um, as a woman, but as a foreigner, 
I certainly did. Um, for example, the first time I went to mainland China, I went on my own and it was 1993. It was way before um, people stopped, started um, traveling on their own and not in groups. And I didn't speak any Chinese. Very few people spoke English. And when I tried to ask a question, especially of, of teenagers or young adults, they would laugh at me. And that, that showed me that wasn't very helpful. And I would always hope that I could be a helpful person when people came up to me and didn't speak the language. Um, on the other hand, I would point at my guidebook because I have no sense of direction whatsoever. And people would grab me by the hand and they'd pull me to a bus and tell the bus driver where to leave me off. So I had mixed um, reactions when I traveled there. My first big trip was to India. It was in 1979 wow. and my Next door neighbors were Indian and um, her mother decided I was her fifth daughter and I was part of the family. So I had to go on all the family, um, to all the family weddings. And the first one was in Lucknow in 1979. And I went with my neighbor and her two children and we joined the family there. It was wonderful. We had a lot of adventures on the way. And then I went off on my own to go skiing in India. And I had never traveled on my own before. And I met three lovely women and they were very loved, they were so helpful to me. And um, we kind of became a gang when we were together in Srinagar. And back in those days, you could still travel there easily. And uh, we had just the best time. So I learned that I could travel on my own. I was 25 years old, I think, 24, 25. And so I started traveling whenever I could get vacation time. Mm -hmm. I traveled to visit friends in Australia and I stopped in Fiji on the way and I stopped in Tahiti on the way back and I picked up friends along the way and that's how I started meeting people. Just as I met you, Shoba, mm -hmm. in, in a theater here in Chiang Mai, yes. I've met so many friends around the world and we've become very close and I, I stay in touch with them on Facebook. And I found that by traveling on your own, you actually meet people. I stay in hostels a lot. Um, 
if I stayed in a hotel, I'd be by myself in a room. But if I stay in a hostel, you meet people in the lobby, you meet people outside. Um, one day I was in Italy, in Florence, and I was up looking at the sunset and somebody asked me, could I take a picture of her and two other women? And I said, sure. And I said, you look familiar. Are you staying in my hostel? And she was. She was from Brazil. She's come to visit me. I've gone to visit her. Um, we, I've, I visit a lot of the people that I've met in different countries and they've come to visit me as well. So it's, I've kept up these friendships and it's really made a difference in my life. Um, I think that's the most rewarding thing about traveling is that you get to meet people and find out about their way of life. One day here in, in Chiang Mai, I decided I was going to take a three-day trek. And I'm not very good at walking uphill. I'm, I'm pretty old. I'm 77 years old. And now, and this was about 15 years ago. So I was in my 60s and I had to walk up this mountain about six times <laughs> in one day. And I was breathless because I have asthma. And so the other people on the trek were all in their 20s and 30s and they were running up the hill and I was gasping for air. And my guide sent the rest of them on with the cook and he stayed with me and we started talking and he became my best friend here. He's Karen Hill Tribe. Mm -hmm. And I went to his wedding. I go up to his village and stay with him and his family. And I've gotten to know the village life. And now here at the guest house where I stay, um, the woman who runs the guest house, her husband is Karen. I've been up to his village and learned to make baskets. And it, it's just been a wonderful experience. I think that traveling, and I've traveled to 73 countries, I think. And that has taught me more about life than anything else that I've ever learned. Okay, I, I beg to disagree with one thing what you said, Murphy, mm -hmm. and that is you said you are 77. I would like to delete the first seven and put one there instead. <laughs> because because that is the sort of vibes we get when I get and others get when they meet you. So so that is where I, I will disagree with you. And uh, uh, any favorite destinations before that, which means the first time you traveled alone, that started in India. Am I right? Yes. 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 And after that, there was no holding you back. And there... most, of, most of the times you're traveling alone. 
and enjoying. I do. Yes. I sometimes travel. I have traveled in groups. I find that in places where it's not efficient to travel by yourself or maybe not as safe, then I'll travel with a group. Um, for example, I've traveled around South America and it it's hard to get around um, in a short amount of time if you're not on a group travel. So I've gone with small groups um, to those countries. Um, I traveled with my family last summer to Africa. There were 10 of us mm -hmm. and um, we're traveling again together to Israel this year. Um, I, I like to travel by myself, as I said, because I meet people, but sometimes it's just not as efficient. I'm meeting some friends um, who I met in Cambodia maybe 10 years ago, and I'm meeting the family in Bangkok in February, and we try to have vacations for about a week at a time or 10 days together um, once a year or once every two years. So that's always fun too. Yes. Any of your favorite destinations? We'll come to Thailand a little later on, but uh, other than Thailand, any of your favorite destinations? Well, I love Southeast Asia and I've loved traveling in um, Cambodia, Vietnam. I think those were highlights. Um, I love Europe and Europe's easy to get around. So I like to go to Europe and, um, and it's easy to travel. I can see a lot. Um, I interact with with the Europeans who are living there. And I again, I stay in hostels or small guest houses when I'm there. What draws you to Thailand over and over again? The first time I came, I came because I thought it would be expensive to travel. Well, I travel like a backpacker, so it's not so expensive. But because I thought it was expensive, I thought I needed to learn to do a new job. And there's a program out of Brattleboro, Vermont, that's quite well known, that teaches people all over the world to teach English. And they were teaching in Chiang Mai, Thailand. So I always wanted to go to Thailand, but never had the time. Now I had the time, I just retired. And so I came to Chiang Mai and I learned to teach English. I mostly did it back in um, my town close to Boston because it's 30% Asian and there's a lot of call for English. And then I don't have time or energy to teach anymore. But um, at that time, 
I met people and I fell in love with the people here. I have friends who are expats. I have friends that are Thai and I have friends that are um, Hill Tribe. And I just love the people. And I also love the elephants. So every year when I come, I go to the Thai Elephant Conservation Center, which is supported by the royal family. And they have a wonderful hospital that treats any elephant in Thailand for free. And um, I fell in love with the staff there. So I have many families here in Thailand. I have my family at the guest house. It's my Libra family. I have family at the elephant camp. It's my elephant family. And I have family in the Karen Hill tribe village, my Karen family. So it's been really nice. And I, because I'm Jewish, I also go to the Chabad here and, um, and I have my Chabad family. I have my Israeli family. So that all pulls me back to Thailand. And I love the markets. I love walking around here. I walk at least 10,000 steps a day um, around the city. And I go off with friends to other places around Thailand. And it, it's really quite nice. And when was it first when you came to Thailand? to teach which year was it if you remember 2007 2007 okay so 15 years ago yes uh, you spoke about uh, taking the photograph of uh, when you were in italy <coughs> excuse me of two people that brings me to your love of photography which <laughs> so please tell us something more about it you've been winning prizes and this is what we keep on uh, you keep us uh, informed uh, through the facebook post so something about photography, how did I, I love photography. I started taking photos. I won a camera when I was 11 years old and I've started taking photos then and I've kept it up. Um, I've belonged to a couple of photo groups. I have, I belong to the camera club back home in the US and I belong to the photography group here in Chiang Mai, my other home. Um, unfortunately, that has just ended because the person who led it um, hasn't been able to find someone else to lead it and he doesn't feel that he can do that anymore. So hopefully somebody will take it over. But um, I love taking photos of nature. I love taking photos of um places, but my biggest love is street photography. I love to take photos of how people live. I just before I came here, I went to Cuba. Um, it's my second time there. I went with a photo, um, a group of photographers um, with a wonderful um, travel group. They stay in homes there um, so you get to know the people there they have cars the old cars that bring you around and they have two um, photo leaders who are very well known 
photographers and they help you with your photography. And I got to take some wonderful photos there and a lot of street photography. And I do that a lot here as well. Okay. Uh, during your travels, Murphy, uh, have you seen uh, any differences or anything which stri strikes you regarding the position of women and the treatment of women in different parts of the world? Is it the same? Because I feel we still have a long way to go. Uh, Very long way to go. You know, especially in in South American countries, in Middle Eastern countries that I've been in, um, the, the men do not treat the women as equals. And I present myself as an equal or maybe even better. <laughs> and so, um, so I hope that it teaches people to look at me differently. Um, sometimes they're very surprised at how I, my, my stance and, and how I react to things. Um, I also found it very helpful to know some self-defense. I do Taekwondo and, um, and so I learned some self-defense because you never know when you're going to need it, or if you're going to need it, hopefully you never need it, but you can need it. And um, I also walk with a walking stick and that's good to protect me from dogs and from people. You never know, again, you know, it's sort of an equalizer because I'm also very short and, um, and small. So people, and because I'm elderly and I, may not appear elderly in terms of my attitude, but um, but I still look, I still have lines and I have some white hair that I've made a lot of different colors. And, um, and so you never know who could take advantage of you. So it's good to know how to protect yourself. You started your... Uh... Uh, travels and all uh, at the very when you were you started traveling alone at the age of 25 or so yeah. over these years have what sort of changes positive or negative uh, have you seen in the world or the countries you have been to anything which comes to your mind positive negative both I, I think the biggest differences are I think there have been changes in how people look at each other and, and look at the differences between men and women, but, and also different genders and, and, and gay people. And, you know, I think that there's a lot more acceptance in the world than when I first started traveling. Um, I think that there have been a lot of changes that are positive maybe for the people, but not as positive for travelers because there's been so much assimilation 
um, there because people travel from all over the world to other countries, they see the people in the other countries see how people live, how they dress, how they um, how they eat, how they drink, and they want to become a little bit more like them. So here in India, when I first came, for example, I mean, in um, Thailand, when I first came, all the women were wearing traditional skirts and, and jackets and blouses. Now you rarely see it. I went to a friend's funeral in Bangkok and I was the only one wearing a skirt. All the other women were wearing pants and that never would have happened when I first came here. Um, you see the, the women wearing short clothes and more revealing clothes that never would have been so when I first started traveling. So that could be positive or it could be negative, um, depends on your point of view. Okay. Uh, any regrets in life? I regret that I didn't start traveling earlier. Okay. I think that back in the time when I went to college and started working, People didn't take off a year. They didn't go traveling. They didn't go anywhere because nobody could really afford to do so. If you took off, you didn't have a job and it wasn't so easy to get a job again. So I didn't really learn to travel until really I, I retired. You know, I started traveling as much vacation time as I could take when when I could, but in the U.S. we don't have much vacation time, and so that made it really difficult, and you couldn't travel very far. I, I never could come to Thailand because I would need, you know, a long time to explore Thailand. Well, I didn't have that time. I've been to India many times and each time I go to a different place because I never had the time to really explore enough. Mm -hmm. So, and in India, every state you go to is a whole new culture. Yes, yes, so, <laughs> yes, yes. So, so, yes. Um, my regret is that in my early days, I couldn't travel more easily. When I was in um, junior high school, my father had to travel cross country for a conference and he took my sister and me out of school for a month. I mean, that really wasn't done. And um, we had to write about our experiences every day. But, um, you know, that opened my eyes too. And um, we, we traveled as a family and that was pretty remarkable in those days. But uh, do you think it's, it's not easy traveling with families? So don't you think you are blessed that you, you don't uh, really have to take care of uh, somebody back home or like you are on your own and fiercely independent and 
Like God has <laughs> given you that, yes. Yeah, that that's very true. Um, it was very hard when my mother was still alive and she died in 2010. Um, it was very hard because she didn't want me to travel. She wanted me to be there with her. And my she was my sister was there with her, and that was made it hard on my sister too. But she um I I called her every day and in the assisted living where she stayed after she couldn't stay home alone anymore. And um I I think that if you have elderly parents, it makes it more difficult. Um, you know, luckily, luckily, I had a sister to share this. She she really took it on herself. And um, I'm very thankful for her. But um, now her children are grown, and she has grandchildren. So now we travel together. And it's been very nice here at the guest house where I stay. Um, there's a family with six children from Germany who are traveling. They've been here in Chiang Mai for quite a while before I came this year. And they're leaving today for Vietnam. And they're going to spend several weeks there. So, you know, people do travel with their families now, even with great age differences. So I think that that's terrific if they can do it. I, you know, it's, it can be costly to travel with your family. There, you have to choose where you're going to travel. You know, Southeast Asia is a lot less expensive than going to Europe, for example, or going to the US. Um, it's a lot more expensive to stay in places there and um, you can find places. For example, when I first um, retired, I found that I wanted to see my own country before I um, started traveling around. So I drove across country for four months and I stayed mostly in campgrounds, KOA campgrounds have cabins where that are very clean. Um, the bathrooms are outside, but they're very clean and they have a grill in front of your room so you can cook. And um, I stayed in as many as I could all the way across the US. It was a lot nicer than staying in a motel, which maybe wasn't as clean and maybe not as safe. So um, I, I wanted to do that as well. What does the future beckon? Well, I hope it beckons more travel and more time with friends and family. Um, when I went with my family to Africa this past summer, it was wonderful because um, I got to see 25 cousins wow. in South Africa. And that was really special to me because I do my family genealogy. And um, 
And I love meeting all my cousins and I, I'm able to do that. So that's another special thing. And some of my cousins have come here to Thailand as well. So I get to see them here. Murphy, you are a role model for many of us, at least for me. And there must be very few women, if at all, who could do what you did and what you continue to do. You have dismantled the stereotype images associated with women, especially those living in my part of the world. And uh, as you mentioned earlier also, who are still fighting to cope with patriarchal setups and male-dominated societies. Yes. So and any words of wisdom for them and perhaps for the men also? I think that people have to look at each other as individuals and they have to learn that each person brings their own value to the world. And I think that there's that it's important to shed light on the world. We can't live in darkness. And I think that Diwali is probably the first holiday of lights of the season. And then you have Hanukkah and Christmas and, um, and a lot of other holidays that the importance is to light candles, to light the world. And we have to each be a light to our own world. We have to bring light. We have to not bring negative feelings and, and negativity to the world. So I, I think that's the most important. Accept everybody for themselves and not everybody's going to be someone that you love or like, but that doesn't mean that they don't have value and that they shouldn't have good health and they shouldn't have light too. Right. So thank you very much, Murphy, for showing us some glimpses of the hero that lies in you. Yeah. It has been a real pleasure listening to you. And I thank Driving Miss Daisy because that was the play where we met first. I it thank was. that yes, for having met you. So and stay she, she was a person who could be a role model for me too. Yes, 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 for me too. Yes, you're right. So stay safe and keep on charting unknown paths. And also we are hoping one day you will write a book of your memoirs. Just, <laughs> just collecting uh, what you write on Facebook because that is such a wonderful way, Murphy, of uh, sort of uh, uh, putting it in the form of a diary every day what you write there because that itself is a great treasure for all of us. So thank you very much.